Welcome to the broadcast of Exceedingly Abundant Ministries in cooperation with Bethel Worship Center of Joplin, Missouri. Their goal is to win the lost, disciple Christians, set the captives free, and see the sick made whole. Bethel Worship Center is located at 3125 West 20th Street in Joplin. Weekly service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and a Wednesday evening Bible study at 6.30 p.m. For more information, visit their website at BethelJoplin.org. Now, here's Pastor Gary Culp with today's message. Well, good afternoon. The Lord bless you. What do we know for sure? God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Let's pray for souls. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We want everyone to go to heaven. So we're having a prayer of agreement for the eternal salvation of every boy and girl, man and woman, in Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas, their past, present, and future spouses, all the children they have now in the future and their family members, all grandchildren they have now in the future and their family members, all great-grandchildren they have now in the future and their family members. By faith, we're sending the Holy Spirit to convict each person of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Lord Jesus, please reveal yourself to each person, your incarnation, your perfect life, the great miracles you did, your death, burial, and resurrection, your precious atoning blood, the revelation and understanding that by your stripes we were healed would come to every boy and girl, man and woman. And yes, Father, they would humble themselves before you, repent of their sins, receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, being gloriously born again from above. And then you get every person, Father, into a good Bible-believing teaching church. They would then be baptized in water, receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Every Christian would become a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're agreeing that every demon-possessed, demonized, and captive person is being set free, and all the sick are being healed from every sickness and every disease. And yes, Lord Jesus, your people are receiving and walking in financial abundance, prosperity, debt cancellation of their debts, the full blessing of Abraham whom God blessed in all things. And we agree, and we believe we receive, and we say thank you. Also, Father, we love the Jewish people so much. We have such great uh, debt of gratitude to them. And, Father, you know the war they're going through right now. Father, give them totally uh, victory. May they literally annihilate Hamas, Hezbollah, every foreign enemy that comes against them. Father God, stop them. If necessary, destroy them. And, Father, we pray that all the hostages whether they're from America or for Israel or any other country, will be released. We ask that you would send special forces in to get those hostages out. And, Father, if they can't do it, send your mighty angelic host, Father, to release all the hostages and get home safely to their families. And, Father, we agree, Father God, we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem according to your word. And we agree, Father God, that the Jewish people have title deed to all the land of Canaan. And, Father, we found out that that's 36 times more more land they have right now. Father, grant them all that land. Give them complete victory in the Psalm 83 and Ezekiel 38, 39 war. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Okay, well, now we need to pray for uh, more events going on. I think I shared this with you last week. Maybe not. Uh, David Kubal, he's in charge of Intercessors for America, a very godly, righteous, uh, conservative man. The Lord gave him a dream and a vision. You can look it up for yourselves. But there were people, in, uh, a man in a, in a van with a, uh, bombs in his van going to different cities, and they were uh, letting off 
explosive in parking garages in big cities. In fact, he even named the cities that they were going, they were going off on. They were going to be released all at one time. And again, God was showing him that, so we would pray against it. And then, you know, Chris Reed had the revelation from Morningstar about the 12 sleeper cells. Uh, Galilee Guess, who, who's part of a prophetic group that we're, that we're with, uh, saw the devastation, uh, too, through terrorist activities. And, you know, even in David Cabal, as he sh- was sharing, he shared that even uh, that Chris Ray from the FBI has testified uh, to some element of the government uh, that, that it's basically blinking red lights. Uh, they're very concerned about terrorist activity. So we want to pray against that and then the other things going on. And remember, you know, uh, every person, if this does happen, is all the fault of Joe Biden and his administration for opening up our borders, knowing that terrorists were coming through and allowing them to come in. So uh, that blood will be upon him. But as we pray, maybe we can see these things stopped. And that's why sometimes God shows us things that we can pray and they won't happen. So let's agree right now. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We're in perfect agreement, Father God, for these 12 sleeper cells as well as these uh, men in car bombs going to these different cities, Father God. One was Kansas City, Boston. I don't know the whole list, but, Father, we're crying out to you. Father, please show the law enforcement FBI favor to catch these people to stop them. Father, if they can't or won't do it, Father, send your most powerful holy angels to literally arrest these people, stop them, and drive them out of this country. We agree, Father, that every terrorist, foreign soldier, prisoner, sexual predator, drug dealer, cartel person, that you will expose them and drive them out of this country. And Lord, you will secure our borders, Father God. And every person who is here illegal will be driven out, never to return. And we agree for that right now in Jesus' name. Father, we pray against the digital currency that Joe Biden and the Fed are trying to roll out, Father. You've shown, Father, that's part of the one world government. It's part of heading toward the mark of the beast. We come against it. We pray that these plans that they're doing will be sent in confusion and derision. They will fight among themselves. They will never be able to come into agreement. And, Father, this would not happen until after the rapture of the church and the dollar bills and currency. And cash, we will be able to spend and be strong till that time. Father, we believe you for that. Also, Father God, we ask you to protect our power grid. Father, don't let anyone contaminate our water tables uh, or our wells or our city waters. Father, if anyone tries to do it, stop them, expose them, and shut that down. Father, please protect not only our water but our food. Please protect our electricity, our gas, our oil, our coal. Don't let anyone attack our power grid. Father, don't let there be any EMPs. Father, we cry out. We need your help, Lord Jesus. Intervene, Father God. And whether it be law enforcement or your angelic host, stop these wicked plans of wicked, evil people. And we're agreeing right now. And Father, don't let them put any more mRNA material into our food, water, plants, and animals. Expose this wickedness and stop it. And then, Father God, you know the, <laughs> the great evil, wicked things that they've tried to do against your servant Donald Trump and his family and against conservatives and Christians. Father, you have reminded us of the book of Esther. Father, we are your Mordecai's. Father, continue 
to watch over us, protect us, prosper us in every way, Father God. We also ask, Father, just like with Mordecai, you will even promote us in these evil times, and you will protect us from the wicked one and evil wicked people. And therefore, Father, just like in the book of Esther, the Hamans, you know who the Hamans are, those who are trying to oppress us, do evil to us, or even kill us. Father, as they would try to do these things, not only would you stop them, but just like in the book of Esther, you would hang all the Hamans in the very gallows that they've prepared for us. And we agree for that, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So many things we could pray about, but we'll limit it to that today. Okay, we're going to be in Acts chapter 16. We're going to talk about the two kingdoms and, and uh, just seeing how it gets played out in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is, is the church, early church, and we're the later church, and it's supposed to be both the same. Amen. Doing Jesus' works and greater works. Amen. Doing the word of God. Amen. Acts 16, 16. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain maid possessed with a spirit of divination. Literally, it's a spirit of python or a fortune-telling spirit, okay? Met us who brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. And you're not going to make a lot of money unless you're right. We'll talk more about that later. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who show us the way of salvation. You know, <laughs> the amazing thing, and we'll look at more scriptures, you know, the servants of Satan that have the demons in them know... <laughs> Jesus is the Son of God. You know, uh, the cults and isms and, and the false religions, they don't know who Jesus is, but the devil knows that Jesus is the Son of God. So we'll look at more of that too. So the devil's smarter than a lot of people, <laughs> but not you and I, right? Okay. And this she did many days, okay? So she kept doing it. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit. Now again, he's talking to the woman, but he's talking to the spirit in the woman. The spirit's got to go, not the woman. He turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. He didn't request. He didn't pray. He commanded. I want to give you just something to think about. Jesus never prayed for anyone to get healed he spoke it he commanded he'd lay hands he would command the healing not pray for the healing keep that in mind so paul commands which he had the authority to do just like you and i he had the power of the holy spirit so do you and i if we're born again spirit-filled christians okay and he came out the same hour victory that's the way it's supposed to look and when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, oh no, she has handlers, handlers that were using her, okay? You see that today, don't you? Using her, making money over her. Okay, the devil's gone, and now she can't do it because it was the devil, a spirit a fortune-telling devil in her, giving her that supernatural ability to tell people's futures, and she was probably right a lot. Oh, that is possible. Okay. When the master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and to the rulers. 
They are very unhappy campers, aren't they? And brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trample our city, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Okay, so this is serious, right? <laughs> They're doing what God called them to do, but the devil's mad, his people are mad, and now they've gotten beaten, okay? And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. So they've been whipped, they've been beat, thrown in jail. I'm sure they had to be hurting. I'm sure there was pain involved. And yet, because they trusted in God, because their lives were fully committed to God, and they knew God had their future, and God would get them to their ultimate destination, they could praise God and pray in prison at midnight. Now, that's how you respond to disappointment. You pray and you praise God. Now, that's how the victory comes, okay? In fact, how the victory came from them. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Okay, think about this. Here's a great earthquake that specifically hits this prison. Just so happens all the prisoners' bands fall off and all the doors get opened yeah that was a god earthquake you better believe it a very specific earthquake do you know who's in charge of the weather god is now satan can't get involved in the weather you see that in the bible too so so you want good weather you want things to work out go to god live right <laughs> he blesses with good weather that's our God, okay. But he can also send an earthquake if it's going to get his purposes taken care of and his children delivered. And everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Because, see, he was going to have to suffer whatever the worst prisoner was. If, he, if they were under a death sentence, then he would have been put to death. So he's thinking, I'm just going to take myself out. But God, right? Don't stop there. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. See, he'd been hearing them pray too and praise God. Be sure he's under conviction right now. And he's in one of those life and death moments, and he's made a decision. He wants Jesus. He wants to get right with God. <laughs> and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Oh, that's the most important question ever. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spoke unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took him the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his immediately. 
And when he had brought them forth into the house, he set food before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. No, did he get saved? His whole household got saved. Yeah, that's right. Not only you get saved, Believe everyone in your household to get saved. Your spouse, your children, their families, grandchildren, their families. Believe God for household salvation. I believe you can believe God for that, and he will honor it. So we see great things happen. Well, first of all, we saw the demon-possessed woman get the demon cast out of her, and she's free, amen? But again, wicked people are mad because they're losing money. Well, let's talk a little bit about how God feels about the occult and witchcraft. Well, you, I think you, if you know anything, you know he hates it. But just look at some scriptures. First of all, let's go to the Old Testament. Uh, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 31. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards, that's a male witch, to be defiled by them, I am the Lord your God. Also, Leviticus 26 and the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards to play the harlot after them, I will even set my face against that soul and will cut them off from among the people. And I'll just throw in a bonus verse. <laughs> Get the, this is the bonus round. Leviticus 20.13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death their blood shall be upon them. So God hates homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, and in God's eyes they are to be put to death. That's how God feels about it. It's sin and abomination to God, and he has not changed his mind. That was the free verse there. Okay. Leviticus 20, 27, a man also or woman who hath a familiar spirit, who is a wizard, shall be surely be put to death. They shall stone him with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. So we see God hates witchcraft. In fact, he goes on and, and warns the nation Israel here in Deuteronomy chapter 18, beginning verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who maketh his son or his daughter pass through the fire. That's to offer your child to the God, God Moloch and kill him. You know, basically abortion. Okay, God hates abortion. Abortion is murder. You've murdered your child. Now you can be forgiven. You can repent. But you murdered that child, okay? And that's sin. And if you don't repent, you will go to hell, okay? Or you, this divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter of mediums, or a wizard, again, that's a male witch, or a necromancer, that's who communicate with the dead. For all that do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations whom thou shalt possess hearken unto observer of times and to diviners, but as for thee the Lord thy God hath not permit thee so to do. Now there's three, uh, you, may, you might say three arms of witchcraft. 
Number one, there's sorcery. Sorcery uses drugs, potions, spells, enchantments to get people into demonic states and to get demonic power, okay? And there's just the witchcraft, practicing magic like incantations, you know, saying those things over and over again. And then there's divination, which we saw today in the scripture. It's the fortune-telling aspect of, reach, of, of witchcraft. They predict future by occultic means, often using tarot cards, palm uh, reading and tea leaves and, and many other things that are of the occult. But again, God hates them and he forbids his people to have anything to do with them. But also recognize he cast out demons. You know, when Jesus started his ministry, it stirred the devil up. Let's go to Mark chapter 1, begin in verse 21. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he had taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. Okay, that's a demonic spirit, and he's in a person who went to church. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, demons can go to church too, because they're in the people. They're at church, okay. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, saying, Let us alone. What do we have to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? You see, the demon in him knew who Jesus was. Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. See, the demons would always recognize who Jesus is. He is God. He's the Son of God. Do you know that Jesus is the Son of God? Have you, have you accepted him as your Savior and Lord, repenting of your sins? If not, do it. Okay. Verse 25, And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. Isn't that awesome? People were very impressed. Verse 27, And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. So we see Jesus was all about healing the sick and casting out demons. That was at least two-thirds of his ministry. Go a little further in the... Mark chapter 3. Mark has a lot to say about the deliverance ministry of Jesus. Verse, uh, Mark 3.10. For he had healed many inasmuch as they that pressed upon him to touch him as many as had plagues. Now notice verse 11. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. See, the devil knows Jesus is the Son of God. So, you don't get to heaven without knowing that Jesus is the Son of God and you receiving him, Jesus, as your Savior. The demons aren't saved, but they know who Jesus is. It's one thing to know who Jesus is. It's another thing to know him as your Savior and Lord and repent of your sins. And the demons will not do that. And sad to say, many lost people won't. And that's why it makes perfect sense then when Jesus tells us in the Great Commission of Mark 16, start verse 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. That has not changed, nor will it ever. But also Jesus said, remember Jesus Christ who is God? 
who knows everything, who created you and I. Okay, that Jesus. And these signs shall follow those who believe. That means you're born again. That means you're a real Christian. That means you really have the Holy Spirit. You're born again. Okay. And these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They shall cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And let me tell you, that makes perfect sense, and it's true today. Amen. <laughs> All right. Now let's go to Acts chapter 8. Well, did the early church after Jesus rose again, did that really keep on going on? Well, we just read it in Acts uh, 16, but let's go a little early in the book of Acts. Acts 8, 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Philip was a good evangelical, right? Amen. Preaching Jesus. And the people with one accord gave a heed to those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, see, they hadn't, they hadn't left, have they? The unclean spirits cried with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. Of course there's great joy. When you preach the gospel, people get saved, demons get cast out, and sick people get healed, and that will bring joy to a city. Amen? But notice there was someone there who was on the opposite team, to whom they all, uh, but there was a certain man called Simon who previously in the same city used sorcery, remember that's one arm of the witchcraft, and, and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was great one. You know, uh, number one, a Christian pastor evangelist lift up the name of Jesus, and we exalt Jesus in what we do. But servants of Satan says, no, look at me. I'm wonderful. I'm great. Just sometimes help you to know between the servants of God and the servants of Satan. Okay. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. He'd bewitched them. He cast a spell upon them. They believed he was someone of God. But no, he wasn't. To whom they had regard, because that for a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Notice, here's good news. Verse 13, then Simon, you know that servant of Satan? Now he can get saved too. Right here he does. Then Satan himself believed also, and when he was, had, was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed beholding the miracle and signs which were done. So praise God. So devil people can get saved too. So don't give up on anyone. But I'm just saying the reality is there's only two kingdoms, the kingdom of God, which is entered in only by the new birth, by being born again. And everyone else is in the kingdom of Satan. And the only way you can get in the kingdom of God is by repenting of your sins and receiving Jesus as Savior and Lord and loving and serving him. That's it. 
But, you know, there were more bad people, too. And I'm probably not going to have time for all of it. But in Acts 13, 6, and when they had gone through the island to the Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet. You know, Jesus said there's going to be a lot of false prophets back then and today. A Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the deputy of the country Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elimus the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Remember, Satan's people don't want people to get saved, and they try to stand in the way. Now here's what a child of God did in verse 9. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. Who's the Holy Spirit? God the Holy Spirit. Okay. Set his eyes on him and said, and I want you to know the Holy Spirit is not politically correct and he never will be. Keep that in mind. And said, O thou fool of deceit and all mischief, thou child of the devil. Well, you can't call someone a child of the devil. You better believe you can. Because God in you will say, you child of the devil. Do you got it? Are you going to be guided by the Holy Spirit or by man? Yeah. You, God says, you call them what they are. I love it. Thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, will thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a seasonly. And immediately there fell on him a mist and darkness, and he gets saved. Oh, now that's how it's supposed to work. You deal with those devil people. You shut them down in Jesus' name. Get the people saved, delivered and serving Jesus. How about you? If you've not prayed with me right now, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I repent of all my sins. I'm inviting you, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Be my Savior and Lord of my life. I give myself to you both now and forever. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the broadcast of Exceedingly Abundant Ministries in cooperation with Bethel Worship Center of Joplin, Missouri. Bethel Worship Center is located at 3125 West 20th Street in Joplin. Weekly service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and a Wednesday evening Bible study at 6.30 p.m. For more information, visit their website at BethelJoplin.org or send an email to Pastor Gary. His email is GaryCulp at Yahoo.com. Please join them again next week as they continue to expound on God's truth in a relevant and practical way.